Um, so uh, I want I have to give a little bit of a shout out um, to some people who serve and are faithful uh, week in and week out, but not always visible. Uh, and that's to our kids ministry volunteers. Can we give a round of applause to all of our kids ministry volunteers back there? They do an incredible job pouring into our kids and loving on them. My wife as well is doing an incredible job directing the kids ministry back there. So yes, let me give a round of applause for her too. So, um, so she's doing great. And then uh, one more, don't, don't get too tired with your hands, one more round of applause too for uh, Luke and Rebecca Davis for leading Surge on Wednesday nights. It's amazing. Um, and our kids are being discipled. And they're learning the word of God and getting a hunger for God and a hunger for the word. And they're having so much fun. It's a blast. And so uh, thank you guys. Uh, that's a huge blessing to our family as well as many of your guys' families as well. So I'm sure you're wondering what this is. <laughs> Because I don't really do a lot of illustrations. Uh, that's not my, like, cup of tea typically. So I'm going to try something out this morning. Let's see if it's not a complete disaster. Um, anyone know or want to guess what this is? <laughs> what was I just say? Winemaker? Is that what you said? That's awesome. Um, no. Uh, any other guesses? Okay, science project with the tornado. That's a good one. That's a good one. Liquid ice, oh, oh, almost. Um, okay, so, oh, oh, you don't know, so that's good. All right, it's a mystery. I'm not even going to tell you, no. Um, so when I was a kid in elementary school, one of my favorite little science projects, it was a science project, was creating a filter for water. And you're like, oh, that's kind of anticlimactic. Um, but it was super fun. Because the teacher said, okay, now go outside and make the dirtiest water you possibly can. And as an elementary school boy, dirty is exciting, right? And so I'm like, yes. And so I went outside and I was like, this is going to be the most disgusting water ever, you know. And so I'm like, oh, I don't know what this is for, but it's going to be great. And so I'm like putting mud and like sticks and leaves and grass and just smushing everything into this, this nasty cup. And so I got all sorts of different soil and, and stuff mixed in there. I'm going to give some of this too. Oh, look at that. That's, that's sand. So uh, we're going to mix it together. So anyways, I found this really nasty water. And I should have got a napkin um, um, because my hands are going to be really gross. Um, but I was, oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. All right, so I made some nasty water, right? I brought it in. I was super excited. that I was going to get an A plus. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, so then the teacher says, all right, now we're going to filter your water. And I'm like, oh, dang it. Mine's terrible. And so we, what we did was we took... Some of these two-liter bottles, we put like the little, um, you know, spouts together. And then, and then we took cotton balls, and we kind of smashed them in there. And uh, we created a little filter for our water. And we poured it in, and it was so cool to watch because, man, I mean, my stuff was, 
was gross and it was gunky. And this is going to be really interesting. And so we poured it in. And then on the other side, eventually, water, oh, there it goes. Water came out. Oh, okay. I need some more water. And look, look, there it is. It's not dripping. But the water came out, and it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty nice. It was kind of a light brown, you know. Uh, and so she said, okay, we'll just keep doing it. You know, let's see who can get the cleanest water, right? And so we kept going, and we, we did another filter and another filter and another filter. And I was, I was like, I am going to have the purest water of anyone ever. And I was super excited. And I kept going, kept going. And finally, I got the water to where it was like, I mean, almost perfectly clear. Like just maybe a tiny little tint to it, just a little bit. And I was so excited. I was like, I am going to drink this. And it is going to be the most crisp, clean, clear, refreshing water ever. Because my filter worked so well. And so I took the water and took a nice big swig of it. And it wasn't as refreshing as I thought it would be. It tasted like a mouth full of dirt. <laughs> and, and then you know how when you get sand and you get dirt in your mouth and you, it's like crunchy and you feel it on your teeth? My mouth was like that all day. And I'm like, oh, oh man, I thought, look, it's so pure. And so I was really upset, um, but it was really fun. It was an awesome memory. And so I tried it this morning, and, uh, and it, it kind of worked. Um, sorry, I'm not the best at science projects, but can you give a round of applause to the water filter, please? Okay. It's just not for me, just the filter. Okay. Um, but the idea still, still stands. The illustration works when it comes to discernment. Because last week we talked about discerning God's will. And a lot of times... When we try to seek the voice of God and hear what he's saying to us when it comes to something that isn't a moral imperative. There's not like an evil choice and a good choice, right? There's just two choices, something that the Bible doesn't speak to directly. A lot of times the water on the inside, the, what we're hearing is muddied. And there's a lot going on inside. And we're trying to hear God's voice, that still small voice. There's all these other voices there's personal ambition, there's emotion, there's fears, there's worries and concerns, and there's all these different things that are pulling at us, and it makes it very difficult to hone in on God's voice. And so we need to create a filter to filter out all the junk, all the false voices and worries and fears that kind of get in the way from us hearing God's voice. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about today, hence the illustration. The title of my message is The Filter. The Filter. Uh, so let's pray over the word. Lord Jesus, thank you, Father, for your word. Lord, I pray that we will hear and receive what you have for us this morning. God, give us the grace to filter out all of the noise and all the junk and hear purely what the voice of God is and what your will is for us, Lord. We love you. We bless you, God. I pray that nothing that comes out of my mouth that's from me will stand, Lord, but only your words, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So 
we are continuing in our series on ears to hear, which is the art of listening for the voice of God, positioning ourselves in a place, in a posture to where we can recognize God's voice when he speaks to us. And so we've covered a whole swath of different things. Um, We started with the fact that God does speak indeed. He speaks throughout scripture, throughout human history. He's speaking to us for the purpose of intimacy, personal relationship with him, and invitation, pointing other people to himself. All right? And so God speaks to us. We talked about creating distance between us and all the noises of our world, right? The voices on the exterior, on the outside. And then we talked about recognizing Recognizing God's voice, the two primary ways he speaks through scripture and through that internal internal voice within us through the Holy Spirit. And then we also talked about keeping the door open in our relationship with him, an open door policy where we can start a conversation with the Lord, let's say in the morning, and continue that conversation throughout the day. We don't have to open and shut the door to God but always have our heart turned towards him in awareness and acknowledgement of his presence within us and tuning in to that voice and how frequency, if we want to tune into the frequency of God, it must be frequent. And so we need to keep the door to God open. And then last week, we talked about discernment and began the process of diving into this big question of what does God want me to do? Today, this week, this month, this year, my life, my calling, what does God want me to do? So we're kind of turning the corner now towards from relationship with the Lord to missionality. Like, God, what do you want me to do with my life? And hearing God in relation to his will for us and his calling on our lives, whether that be the calling in the present moment or the big C calling of maybe multiple years or even multiple decades and what God is speaking to us. So last week we said, when it comes to discernment, we need to start by laying a foundation of truth. We need to lay a foundation of truth because when God speaks, he only speaks what? Truth, right? He cannot lie, so he only speaks truth. And so we need to lay a foundation of truth so that When we're listening for the voice of God and trying to discern what God is saying, we have parameters and a boundary and and we we understand, okay, God's voice sounds like this. This is what truth sounds like. And so we've laid a foundation of truth and the same is true when it comes to filtering out all those different feelings and voices within us to make sure that the pure truth of God's voice is getting through We need to create a filter with truth. We take the truths of God, the revealed truth of God, and it creates a filter, and then we pour all the things that we're feeling and that we think that we're hearing through that filter, and then God's voice, the hope would be that God's voice comes out on the other side, and we're able to discern, okay, this is what God is speaking to me. So that's what we're going to try to do today. Jesus warned us, that there would be things in our lives that would choke out his word and keep it from being fruitful. You guys remember the parable of the sower, right? So he talks about the, the, the seed is God's words, and he, and he sows the seed, and some of the seed falls on thorny ground, right? And they hear the word of God, and then these thorns rise up, and they choke out the word 
so it becomes unfruitful. But in Mark, he says what these thorns are, these these cares of this life. In Mark chapter 4, he says, verse 19, but the worries of this life, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And I think the same is true when it comes to our ability to hear God's words. And what he's saying is that these cares of this life, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of riches and desire for other things come into our hearts and cloud our ability to hear God. So we have to keep watch over our hearts. The Bible makes that clear. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, he says, keep vigilant watch over your heart. This, that's where life starts. Or Psalms 139, verse 23, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my, what? Anxious thoughts. The worries of this life. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So God makes it clear that there are anxieties, there are worries, there are things in this world, thoughts and patterns of thoughts and emotions that can choke out God's word, that can keep us from hearing the voice of God and make and cloud our judgment on what is God's will and what isn't the will of the Lord. And so the first step for us when we're going to discern what God's will is and we're asking God a question and we say, okay, God, God, what are you leading me to do here? What are you saying here? The first thing that we need to do is we need to go to the Lord like David and say, God, first, search my heart. Is there any wrong way within me? Do I have any unhealthy attachments that are going to pull me in a direction that's opposite of what you're saying? Do I have lies that I'm believing that will pollute my ability to hear what you're saying? Do I have ambitions, selfish ambitions, things that I want to accomplish, things that I want that are going to keep me from really hearing what you're saying? And so we go to God and we say, God, clean house, clean house, filter out all this junk, Lord, so that I can hear your voice. So these worries and these cares of life can become voices internally that muddy the waters and make it hard to hear the Lord. So what we want to do today is we want to identify false voices, things that are not from the Lord. We want to identify that and then filter them out. How do we filter them out? With truth. Amen? All right, so voice number one, false voice number one that comes up when we're trying to seek the Lord and his will and we're trying to discern God, one of the loudest voices that we hear is the voice of urgency, of impatience. I need to hear now. Like, come on, Lord, now. Got to hear right now. I got a time limit, God. Let's go. Chop, chop. Speak, speak, speak. Come on. Right? I need to hear something right now because I have, this, I have this period of time that I have to know by this point, Lord, so tell me right now. So there's, this is driven by a fear 
of missing out, right? Or some people will call it FOMO, <laughs> the fear of missing out. My, my kids have this at night when I'm trying to put them to bed. There's this, they, they want to just somehow linger downstairs. They, like anything they can to just, because there might be something that happens. There could be something, so I think I need water. It's like, okay, here's some water. I uh, need to get my shoes. It's like, what? what? You don't need to get your shoes tomorrow morning. You know, and they just find anything they can to just linger, this fear of missing out, right? We all have it from a young age. But there's a sense of urgency because the Western world operates on a clock, right? Every minute, every second, every hour of every day is, is time is money. Like, I mean, this is it. Our calendars are full. We have a bunch of things that we have to do. We have a huge schedule. We have all this stuff. And so it's, I got God. Okay, so this is what I got, God. I got uh, from 9.30 to 10 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays for this week. And that's what you have to speak to me and tell me what I need to do. You know what I mean? Like, we, we like, schedule him in. Right, all right, we, I, I got to get this in, Lord. But the problem with that, and the problem with that nervous energy, is it makes it really hard to hear what God is saying. Because all of that anxiety and that nervous energy forces, we're forcing ourselves. And a lot of times, unintentionally, we force words into God's mouth. Because we need something now. And God might not be saying that. The problem with this is, is that God doesn't operate according to our clock, but according to his. Right? So God doesn't submit to our schedule. We're supposed to submit to his. Because he's Lord, right? So he's not a utility God. We don't like pull him in when we need him and fit him into the time that works for us and say, okay, God, now, now, I mean, I'm, I know I haven't been seeking you about these things, but this one, this is a big question. So um, I, you have these 30 minutes, um, go ahead. You know what I mean? So this urgency can cloud our ability to hear from the Lord. Part of submitting to God's will is submitting to his timing and more specifically his pace. God is eternal and he doesn't feel the pressure of time restraint constraints. He doesn't feel that pressure. He's not pressured to give an answer. We are pressuring him, trying to, but he's not feeling it because he's like, I'm good. Now, God can, he can speak to us for sure in a certain period of time, but there are 116 different references in the Bible to waiting on the Lord. Now, we don't want to hear that. <laughs> Neil, what are you talking about? Waiting on the Lord. Psalms 27, 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart because it's hard and wait for the Lord. But what, what does this say to God? You are God and I am not. Just like Moses said, if you don't go with me, I ain't going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere without you. And how many of you guys know when we make an impulse decision, 
it typically doesn't turn out well. Right? If we feel this urge, we got to do something that typically doesn't turn out well. Impulse buying, has anyone ever done that? Anybody, anybody ever done an impulse buying? Oh, I'm the only one. Okay, well, all right. You guys are amazing. You guys don't need to hear this. You guys are so patient. Um, it's hard, right? So there's this voice of urgency. That's one of the voices. The clouds our judgment and our ability to hear God. Number, number two, the voice number two is the voice of discontentment or the desire for other things, as Mark said. Many times we have a moment in our life where we fall victim to the grass is greener syndrome. The grass is greener on the other side. The grass is always greener where we're not, right? Like over there, it's got to be greener because here it's not great. So it's got to be greener over there. And so this, we become unsatisfied with a season in our life and we're discontent and we get to a place of saying anything different must be better. And that's just not true. Anything different is better. And so we're unsatisfied. And that is an unhealthy place to be if we're trying to hear God's voice. Because we just want something different. And the problem with this is our hope is attached to change. We say, if this, if only this will change, then I'll be fulfilled. If only this changes, then I'll be content. If only this changes, then I'll be satisfied. And that's just not true. The only one who can satisfy us is Jesus. It's only him. And so it doesn't matter how many changes our life goes through, those changes aren't going to fulfill us. Only Jesus will. And if we're in a place where we are so just fed up with our life, and again, if it's not a moral imperative, obviously if there's immoral things happening in our life, we need to change that. Um, but if it's not a moral issue, we're just unsatisfied, that voice is loud. It is very loud. And when we go to the Lord and we say, all right, God, what are you telling me? Clearly you're telling me something should be different. I mean, I know that's what you're going to say, but, you know, what are you saying? I mean, something different, right? But don't, what are you saying? What, what is going to be different? Like, we're, we're putting that into God's mouth again. But what if what God is saying is wait or stay? How difficult would it be for us to hear that if we're in that place? Does that make sense? The problem with putting our hope in change is misplaced hope always leads to disappointment. Always. We'll be disappointed. The change will happen, and then we'll be happy for a little bit, and then we'll be disappointed if our hope is in that. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So this is a loud voice that can make it hard for us to hear what God is saying. So that voice of urgency is really loud. That voice of discontentment can be really loud, okay? Another voice, number three, the voice of insecurity. We talked about this last week, right? This, this drive for value or identity that we think something has to change so I can be more valuable. 
Like, if I can do this, then I'll have more value. And that's not true. You are already priceless in God's eyes. You are maximum value. You can't get any higher. Right? And so the lie that says, if this, if you have this, if this changes, then your value will increase, is not true. In our identity, the same thing. If our hope, if our, our identity and our value hinges on a decision, then we're going to be disappointed. And so maybe God just says, I'm not going to give you an answer because that's just going to harm you. You're going to put all your hope in the answer and then not in me. And so that voice of insecurity where our value and our identity will be found in what we do rather than what Christ has done. A misguided pursuit of value and identity can pollute our ability to hear God. Again, it's a loud voice. Okay? So you're like, uh, Neil, when are we going to get to like the good stuff? You know? Like the truth, the happy things? We're almost there. Okay, so bear with me. I know this is all kind of depressing. All right. So we got the, the voice of urgency. We got the voice of discontentment. The voice of insecurity. And the last one is the last false voice is the voice of comfort. Again, I know this is hard. The deceitfulness of riches, as Jesus calls it. It's easy to mistake the blessing of God for comfort. But just because God has blessed us doesn't mean everything is always going to be comfortable. How many of you guys know that? <laughs> You've experienced that. It's like, yes, okay. And some of the greatest blessings in our lives are uncomfortable situations. Discomfort sometimes is the greatest blessing. Do you know why? Because it forces our roots to go deeper into God and to trust him more. When things aren't comfortable, we, it forces us to put our hope solely in him. And it makes us stronger. It makes our life even more fulfilling. And we are more content because our contentment is found in Christ. So discomfort can be a blessing. But that voice of comfort that says, oh, you're uncomfortable. So something should change. That's a loud voice. And that can make it hard for us to hear God. Now, again, there's times where God is calling us out of that. And there is, there is a relief from some form of discomfort. And definitely he does that for sure, absolutely. The Bible says in his, in his presence, his pleasures forevermore in the fullness of joy. Times of refreshing come in the presence of the Lord. Absolutely. But that's another voice that can come in and make it hard for us to hear. Matthew 5, 11 says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. That's not comfortable, right? But he says, blessed. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecute the prophets who are before you. Okay, so these voices come in. Urgency, discontentment, insecurity, comfort, whatever it is. And then they're, they're loud, and they're internal. And they're on the inside. And so we're like, okay, how, what is God saying? What is God saying here? Okay, so how do we filter out the filth? How do we filter out the junk to where we can hear the voice of the Lord? Number one, release your fears. Release your fears. When it comes to that voice of urgency, surrender. 
release. Choose patience. James 5, 7 and 8, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. It says, be patient. Matthew 6, 25, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Matthew 6, 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. How do you silence the voice of urgency? You trust that God's got you and that his grace is sufficient to provide another opportunity or more time if necessary or an answer within the time. But you trust and sometimes God will give you an answer. You're like, God, I have this time and I need to know by then and God will tell you. And that's great. Praise God. Awesome. And sometimes he might not. But what you're saying is, here's the opportunity. The thing that's pushing me to be urgent, that voice of urgency. Here's the opportunity. God, I'm putting it in your hands. If you will for that to be for me, then you'll let me know. I'm going to trust you with that. And then that opportunity might pass you by. But if your, hand, if your life is in the Lord's hands, he's going to provide for you. So release, surrender those fears to the Lord. Release the fears to God. The goal is to submit to him, right? Not the clock, right? We want to submit to Jesus, not the clock. Number two, shift your focus. So release your fears, shift your focus. When it comes to that voice of discontentment, Psalms 23.1, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack no good thing. I have everything that I need. Look at what you have rather than what you don't have. Shift your focus on what you do have. Look at what God has provided. Look at what God has done. Start at the cross and work your way forward in gratitude. If you feel that heaviness of discontentment and unsatisfaction, come to the Lord, start at the cross. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for what you've given. Thank you, God, that you've made me accepted in the beloved. Thank you, God, that you've washed my sin away. Thank you, God, that you've adopted me into your family. Thank you, Lord, that you've claimed me to be righteous. Thank you, God, that you've given me all wisdom and prudence and blessed me. Thank you, Lord. And we just start at the cross and we shift our focus on what God has provided for us, not what we don't have. Not the grass is greener. The grass is green where God is. And God's in you. There's green grass. It's there. We just got to shift our focus to it. So number one was release our fears. Number two, shift our focus. Number three, make truth your fortress. Make truth your fortress. When that voice of insecurity comes and says, you need, you're not valuable. What you're doing is invaluable. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you're doing. You need something else. You need this to have value. You need this to have a purpose and meaning in life. You need these things. When that voice comes, make truth your fortress. The Bible says that God is a strong tower that the righteous can run into and be safe. The Lord is our refuge and our rock and our shield. 
right? Security comes from our heavenly father's affirmation. What has, God, what has God said about you and who you are? Speak that over yourself. Just speaking that over ourselves. Our righteousness, our, our, the fact that we are adopted into his family, that we're called, that we're pure, that he's given us everything that Jesus has. He's made available to us. The fullness of God. Second Peter, look at this. Second Peter chapter one, verse three and four. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Man, God has provided everything for us that he's invited us to participate in the divine nature, to be seated with him in heavenly places in Christ. He's made us clean. He's purified us and he's adopted us and he's called us and we are his children. And so surrounding ourselves and our hearts with that fortress of his truth, the Father's affirmation, silences the voice of insecurity. So we release our fears, we shift our focus, we make truth our fortress, and then number four, you've noticed I've used a lot of F words, you know, the good ones. Um, number four, <laughs> so we, I gotta laugh about that. All right, last one. <laughs> oh my God, all right, Okay. <laughs> I'm back. All right, double down on your faithfulness. We double down on our faithfulness. What does this mean? When that voice of comfort comes along, it says, don't you want to just be comfortable? Like following God is hard. It's hard to submit to him, listen to him, do what he wants, seek his will. Just make it easy. When that comes, we double down on our original decision, our promise. God, I am with you till the end. No matter what comes, I'm in for life. Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. All the other things, everything we need, it's all added. Seek first Hebrews 3, I love this passage, verse 12 through 14 in the message. It says, so watch your step, friends. Make sure there's no evil unbelief lying around that will trip you up and throw you off course, diverting you from the living God. For as long as God's still calling it today, keep each other on your toes so sin doesn't slow down your reflexes. And in this last line, I love it. If we can only keep our grip on the sure thing we started out with, we're in this with Christ for the long haul. I'm in it for the long haul, Jesus, all the way, no matter what comes. If you say go, I, I'm going. If you ask something of me, I'm going to say yes. I'm in. The cross was enough. Even if you didn't do another thing for me for the rest of my life, that was enough. I'm all in. And we double down on our faithfulness. And then what happens when we release our fears, we shift our focus, we make truth our fortress, we double down on our faithfulness and we filter out, we make that filter of truth. And we can hear what God is saying because we come to this place of holy indifference. 
to his will. Where one way, it doesn't matter. I, I don't care. What, whatever you say, I'm just going to say yes. Whatever it is. Because that's what I want. Where we can honestly come to the place where we say, God, not my will. Honestly say, not my will, but your will be done. This is where it shifts just from listening for the voice of God to listening to. Submission to his lordship. God, you're in charge. I'm following you. What's amazing about this is it sounds like a lot, and it can be. But it's also something that we can do even in a small period of prayer. We can say, all right, God, I release my fears to you. I cast my cares on you. God, just take opportunities, take the people, the places of my life. Lord, I'm just consciously giving that to you. Lord, I shift my focus. God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for what you've provided for me. Thank you. And we choose gratitude. Father, thank you for your affirmations of who I am. That I am this, I am this. And we speak out. And then, Lord, I double down. I'm in this. No matter what comes, I'm in this for life. And that's something that we can do in just a few minutes. We can take a moment and posture our hearts. Say, God, search my heart and remove any wrong way. And the thing is, the more and more we do it, the easier it becomes. And the quicker we can start identifying those voices when they start coming up. Like, ah, no, no, no. I see you, urgency. No, no, that's not the Lord, okay? And so we can, we can do that. So I want to close with this. Discernment, a lot of times, comes down to a very hard but simple truth. Sometimes the problem isn't that we can't hear God. It's that we don't really want to. Really. Because God might ask us to do something that we just don't want to do. Or we might know that he's saying something. And we're like, I don't want to wait. I know you're going to say wait. I don't want that. So I'm going to keep seeking your voice until you say something other than wait. Right? Like, let's just be honest. I mean, there's times where I really don't want to hear, and I won't say it out loud. I won't ever really acknowledge it, but I don't really want to hear what God has to say because I kind of want him to say certain things, and I know he's not going to. I just know he won't. And so I'm like, Maybe we should just make this decision and just not pray about it. And that's a daily battle of really submitting our hearts to the Lord. Because we can't be led if we don't really want to follow. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit, but we have to be willing to follow Him and say yes, even when it's hard. question we have to ask ourselves this morning before we even step into discernment, the question we have to ask ourselves is, who's in charge of my life?
really, like when it comes down to it, brass taxes, who's in charge? Is it me? Is it someone else? Is it my spouse? (laughs) Is it my job? My boss? Or is it the Lord? Who's in charge of my life? And ask ourselves that. And then if it's anyone other than Jesus, then we come back to the cross. And say, God, all right, I surrender afresh. And guess what? I have to do this every single day. (laughs) Every day, I pick up ownership. Somewhere along the way, I pick up ownership of my life and I start taking control. And so it's just a pattern saying, okay, no, I give it up. Oh yeah, I picked it up again. Darn it, I give it up. And then we can hear the Lord follow him to where he's leading us. And listen, sometimes it's still not going to be perfect. I'm not saying it's going to guarantee that we're going to hear God perfectly. Of course, because the water, even when it comes through the filter, isn't perfectly clear, you know. But this is a good place to start. So this is what I want us to do as we close in worship. I just want you to take some time. Just close your eyes wherever you are. Just close, close your eyes and you just talk to the Lord and say, all right, Lord, I'm back here. Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to know what you're asking me to do. I want to silence the lies of the enemy. Lord, but search my heart. Search my heart, oh God. Lord, is there any anxious thoughts within me? Is there any worries of this life that are pulling me one way or the other? Lord, there's an area of my life where I need to surrender afresh and make you Lord. Holy Spirit, we just open up our hearts to hear what it is that you're saying. Or is there someone other than you that's in charge?
your love for us, Father, how unfailing, unconditional, or how sufficient your grace is for us, God, that your strength is made perfect in our weakness, God, that your mercy is new every morning, Lord. Your goodness is so great. Help us see the truth of who you are afresh every day, God, so that we can yield lives to you. And Lord, speak to us, Father. Help us. Help us hear the voice of God to discern what you're saying, Lord Jesus. And then give us the courage to say yes. We love you. We bless you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. And I encourage you you know, take this and it takes some time in your in your time with the Lord this week. Take a few minutes at the beginning of your time with God and and just walk through some of these things. Releasing our fears, shifting our focus, simple things like that. And just see what the Lord does this week in your lives. And then next week we're gonna continue. We're gonna dive in a little bit further into discernment. So it's gonna be fun. So I love you guys so much. Appreciate you. If you guys can help at all and stay and help us set up the baptismal uh, afterwards. That would be wonderful. Love you and see you guys next week.